The gospel of Jesus Christ is always on the move. I'd like to get us situated in the geography of Acts. Jesus was crucified just outside Jerusalem. And after his resurrection and ascension, the Holy Spirit moved upon the disciples in Jerusalem. And then from there, the good news spread beyond this holy city. North of Jerusalem is a Syrian city called Antioch, where Christians first got the name Christians. Paul lives in Antioch for about a year, meeting with these Christians, and Antioch becomes this home base for Paul. But because the gospel of Jesus Christ is always on the move, in Acts 13, Paul leaves Antioch for his first missionary journey. Paul and his companions visit community after community, encouraging people in the way of Jesus and appointing leaders in each church. And then these missionaries would move on, leaving new faith communities to continue God's work in that area. The gospel of Jesus Christ is on the move. Jesus had called himself the way, and now these are people of the way. And the way is always moving forward. Sometimes we think of faith as a destination, of conversion as the end, or as baptism and confirmation as stopping points or graduations. You get your medal, you move on. But Jesus, the way, shows us that there is always movement forward. Jesus is not the destination, but the path forward into God's preferred future. So once Paul returns from his first missionary journey, Paul wants to visit the believers in every city where he had proclaimed the way of Jesus. How have they moved forward in the Spirit? In what new ways has God been working? So Paul and his companion Silas leave Antioch, once again setting out north and west from what is uh, now Syria through modern-day Turkey. They encourage and strengthen each other and each faith community that they visit. And the Holy Spirit keeps moving. People of all ages begin following the way, and young Timothy joins the older Paul and Silas. And instead of just visiting the same churches that Paul had started on his first journey, Paul, Silas, and Timothy keep going north and west. Eventually, they reach the Aegean Sea, that body of water that separates modern-day Turkey and modern-day Greece. And there, on the edge of the sea, Paul receives a vision during the night, a vision of a man pleading, Please, come to Macedonia. Please help us. Share the good news with us. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is always on the move. So Paul, Silas, and Timothy sail to Philippi, a city in the Roman province of Macedonia. And this is the point in which Betty drew the short stick for who got to be the liturgist today. So thank you, Betty, for braving all of those place names. There, Paul, Silas, and Timothy look for the nearest synagogue. They need a place to worship on the Sabbath. So they go outside the gate by the river guessing that there was a place of prayer there. And they sit down and begin to speak to the women gathered there. Now at this point, 
I'm irritated with myself because we're one-third of the way through the sermon and it's all been Paul, 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 Paul. This is the risk of reading first-century text, or really any text, because every author brings their own cultural lens. And this author, Luke, focuses most of the book of Acts on the story of Paul, and occasionally a few other male apostles and their travels. So I'll note what the late New Testament scholar Gail O'Day points out about this particular gathering. She writes, In Philippi, Paul found a Sabbath gathering composed exclusively of women. Were there other gatherings of women that have gone unreported? This Sabbath gathering suggests that as early as the first century, women believers sought ways to hear their own voices and stories in worship, freed from the dictates of the male-dominated church. End quote. Who boy, the gospel is really on the move. Lydia, as part of this gathering of women, she becomes the first European convert. Everyone baptized up to this point in the book of Acts and the Gospels, everyone has been in Asia. But the gospel of Jesus Christ does not stay still, it keeps moving. And the gospel in motion matches a people in motion. And I suspect that it was God's very movement that it partially attracts Lydia to this way. For although Lydia meets Paul in the Macedonian city of Philippi, she is originally from Thyatira, an area of, any guesses? Lydia. You see, she, Lydia, is from Lydia. Her very name indicates that she is an immigrant. Lydia is a woman on the move, and she is met by a gospel that moves to and invites her into that movement. And because Lydia is an immigrant woman, I invite us to read her story guided by other immigrants. Specifically, I invite us to read with Muharista theologians. As we learned last week, a Muharista theologian uh, gets its name from the Spanish word mujer, or woman. And the Mujerista is a Puerto Rican, Cuban-American, or Chicana woman who is committed to living her Christianity, struggling for survival and liberation as a Latina in the USA. And perhaps taking up a particular theological lens that's connected with a particular group of people is uncomfortable because we might not be used to thinking about ethnicity or language or immigration status affecting the way that we read scripture or encounter God or live in Christian community. But the Muharistas remind us that no matter where we go or what we do, we always carry our identities with us. And to deny how our own cultural biases affect our views is a function of white supremacy. Thinking that the dominant way of thinking is the way of thinking. And so we examine our own cultural lenses and we look at the cultural lenses brought by the authors in scripture and we look at the cultural lenses that other people have and see how they can illumine our understandings of the text. Ada Maria Isazi Diaz, the founder of Mujerista Theology, she points out, the pretense of objectivity by theologians 
indicates complicity with the status quo, a status that for me and my Hispanic sisters is oppressive. Who I am, where I am coming from, and where I wish to go shapes the method and content of my theological work." End quote. No matter who we are, we interpret the world and we experience our faith through our particular lens. And it's very important that we name what that lens is, because God is on the move and God is showing up in a kaleidoscope of encounters with God, both in scripture and in our world today. So I want us to name our default lens and listen to others to learn how our default limits our ability to understand and experience the grace of a God who moves among all people. Because the default perspective for Anglos, which is the term uh, that Spanish speakers use for English speakers in the U.S., the default perspective for Anglos is that of the individual. Muharistas challenge us to think not as individuals, but as part of a community. And specifically, Muharista theology shows us that we are never saved alone. To quote Asazi Diaz again, a Muharista is a Hispanic woman who struggles to liberate herself, not as an individual, but as a member of the Hispanic community. No one can be liberated at the expense of others or isolated from others. The struggle for liberation is always in view of the common good. We must overcome the temptation to leave behind oppression individually and at the expense of others. By culture and socialization, Latinas are not separatists. We do not exclude others from our lives and from la lucha, that is the fight for liberation. Nor do we struggle exclusively for ourselves. And that quote brings us back to our scripture and the movement of God that we encounter in Acts. For Lydia is not saved alone. Lydia is part of a group of women. And then when she is baptized, Lydia has her whole household baptized with her. This passage in which Lydia and her household are baptized together, it sets a precedent. Because if everyone in her household was baptized, this means that infants were baptized. And older people whose memory was gone, they were baptized too. And the children toddling around and asking, how old are you? They were baptized. And the people with developmental disabilities were baptized. People who could talk and people who could not talk. People who could run and jump and play and people who could not. All were baptized. And just as Lydia's household surely included people of all ages and abilities, so baptism is today open to people of all ages and abilities. This is one of the scriptural justifications for infant baptism. Baptism and salvation itself is not merely about the individual. Salvation is about the group. Salvation is about the community. We are never free until all of us are free. So after Lydia and all of her household are baptized, Lydia, this immigrant, this relatively wealthy immigrant in uh, Macedonia, she offers her home as a location for a new house church, 
a house church where people of all economic strata can gather together, where people who come from different regions can be together, where people from all over Philippi can gather and worship God and learn together to say, how can we all be free? When the gospel of Jesus Christ is on the move, we want to use our gifts for the benefit of the community. We get to participate in the movement of the Spirit. Last week, one of my pastor colleagues had the privilege of baptizing three brothers. And before the baptism, their mother expected these boys to cry. But after the first brother got a wet head, the other two started yelling, It's my turn! I want a wet head! And the youngest, who was age two, tried to put his whole head in the baptismal font. The gospel of Jesus Christ is on the move. And it's never just about one of us. But when one person encounters Christ, it sets off a ripple effect to our communities, our households, our nations, our people. So look around today. Do you see a collection of individuals in this room? Because we're so much more than that. We're a community. A community baptized and called to experience the good news. To experience the liberation of God, not just for ourselves, but for all of us. And we're called to share this good news, this liberation, with our households and friends and cities. Because salvation and liberation come not just for one, but for all. Amen.